0: welcome to careers made clear with courtney ball this podcast is here to help you get a seat at the table until you have arrived in that director plus corporate position pull up a chair let's make our own table i am a leadership coach and hr executive helping connect women of color to 100k plus job opportunities use this podcast to overcome feelings of imposter syndrome being unrecognized, overlooked, or even plateaued. You don't have time for that. Instead, let's focus on obtaining new career opportunities that will leverage your unique strengths and authenticity, sis. Make sure you follow, like, and leave a comment so other queens can find our community. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, everyone. I am here with Faith Eatman, really excited to have you join me today. And before we jump in, I would love it if you could introduce yourself. Tell us what's going on in your world and a little bit about you.
1: Yeah. So hi, everybody. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me here with you. I'm super excited to talk about um, what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to give it away, Uh, (laughs) but uh, I'm Faith Eatman. Um, My background is in healthcare process improvement and change management, so I have about 10 years experience in the healthcare field in that area, Uh, but I'm super passionate about um, thinking about how I can use my process improvement and change management background in DEI, right, and how those two kind of intersect. And so I'm just really adept at solving problems, very passionate about advocacy and um, just having honest conversations with folks. And then um, just personally, I am big Nathan's wife and little Nate's mama. That's like my (laughs) my two most important roles. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out there traveling soon, hopefully. Yes. Uh, so that that is definitely one of the things that I'm I'm very passionate about and enjoy doing the most. So happy yeah. to be here.
0: Oh, I love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And now I have to ask. So, when we're out of the pandemic, where is the first place you want to travel?
1: Uh, I want to go to Italy. So that was uh, somewhere that we were planning to go for like our anniversary back in 2020. Right when the pandemic came. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. I wanna to go to Italy. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Italy has rebounded yet, but you know, Europe, it was like a no-go. And hopefully <laughs> yeah. it opens soon. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. So thanks for your introduction. I want to kind of start there because as I was, as we connected and prepared for this podcast, I was looking at your background and me being in the DEI space, I have noticed that companies will have these huge ideas around what DEI should be, what, what kind of programs they want to roll out, but mm-hmm. the mechanics behind it, the process to actually make that happen, sometimes those resources are not there.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're in
0: such a unique position to have both of those things intersect in your role was yeah. this a, a position that you like went to school for have you kind of stumbled into this work I, how yes. did you get here such <laughs> an interesting role
1: yeah so um, the latter so definitely stumbled into it so my educational background is health administration and uh, so just as I have moved throughout the healthcare space you're something that has been um, gaining more popularity in healthcare is thinking about process improvement, right? Because when we think about healthcare and um, like we need zero errors, right? Right. <laughs> so we need very efficient processes, and we need um, processes that work the same every time. So process improvement. Um, think when you look at like the air airplane industry and those type of things where there's quality improvement because you don't want people to crash in an airplane. So we wanna make sure we have our airplanes the same all the time. Like we also wanna have that, the same type of outcomes in healthcare. And so again, like it was nothing that I even knew existed. It was nothing really that I learned about in school, but as I've moved through healthcare and different organizations, I became exposed to process improvement and change management in healthcare. And then, you know, personally, I have just always been very passionate about advocacy Mm-hmm. And very passionate about um, being a voice for those who don't have a voice, and so with everything that happened, it kind of just came with uh, the George, the murder of George Floyd, and then kind of this reenergizing towards DEI and all of the workplaces. I did kind of say like, you know, I wonder how I can take what I do every day and what I'm passionate about every day and uh, bring them together and so I did go to uh, my boss at the time and I was like hey you know would you be open to me um, doing some DEI work using the tools that I use through process improvement like and seeing how that would work and so at the time I went to her and I was like yeah could I do that like 80% 80% and then do 20% of my regular role. And she was like, slow, it, slow down now. <laughs> she was like, slow down. Um, she was like, how about you could?" but I said, I would do it for six months. And she said, well, how about you can just do it for 20%, like just make that 20% of your role moving forward um, and then continue 80%. But just as I started to really apply the principles and get traction and have conversations and started seeing results, um, they were like, okay, there, there's like a real space for this. This is a real opportunity. Like this is something that you can do. And so that's kind of how it evolved and how I got to where I am now.
0: Mm -hmm. So many things you just said, and I, I know I want to get to our topic, which is sponsorship, but you've just mentioned a couple of things that I want to highlight and amplify. You literally, because every, A lot of folks I talk to want to get into DEI in Mm -hmm. some kind of fashion. Um, Many of my clients are in the human resources space. So they're looking to make a leap from maybe a generalist or maybe working on one siloed part of HR, like a benefits or leave admin, and they want to move into DEI. Mm -hmm. But what you did, which is so fascinating to me, you took the core principles of your role and said this is what's missing in our DEI efforts. Mm-hmm. And you made that pitch. Other folks can also follow your lead and create a role that doesn't exist because that's essentially what you did. Yeah. And the other piece that I love is you did connect it to the industry. Like you, like you said, there, there's no room for error when you are in the healthcare industry And just, I I just think what you did is so brilliant. And I want to to go a little deeper and transition to our topic of sponsorship here. So when you decided that you, you know, George Floyd happens and you're in the healthcare field in 2020 when everything was just going crazy and you made this bold step to tell your manager, hey, we need this. I want to do this. I can do this that took a lot of courage. I'm wondering, it took a lot of courage, but you know, for some of us working in this remote world, it's difficult to even kind of decipher, do I have this buy-in from this stakeholder? Can I really trust this person? Should I make that ask? With so much changing in the working world, I'm wondering how do you recommend we even go about building that rapport, building relationships in a remote setting, in a remote world?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, so I'll be honest. So first off, like, I'm a, I am a huge introvert. So, mm-hmm. um, building relationships in the, what is that, face-to-face? What's the, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> the, the, before COVID times mm-hmm. was kind of hard for me. Um, the traditional way of networking and building those networks was like almost uncomfortable for me. And I actually have found it easier to build relationships Mm -hmm. in the remote world. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I'll say is like, because you can, you virtually have access to like all these people that you wouldn't have in a face-to-face world. Right. But when I think about like the workplace and Um, Like, number one, I have definitely been known to slide in somebody's DMs and (laughs) social meetings. I've definitely been known to do that. But I think that building relationships, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's via Zoom, is, you know, just thinking about building that mutuality and commonality somewhere Mm -hmm. and somehow. um, Like the sponsor that we're going to talk about sponsors, but the sponsor that I have now the way that we got connected was um, we were both in a on our DEI committee and we would both be the last two people off of the Mm -hmm. to log off the zoom like we would always be the last two on the zoom and we just started talking to each other because Mm -hmm. we were the last two people like he's the chief technology officer and we just would start I had never talked to him or really had a conversation with him before but we would kind of have what we know as the meeting after the meeting. So Mm -hmm. I have that conversation. So I just think it's more about like looking for opportunities to connect with people. And I think that because, you know, just because of everything that we've been through in the past couple of years, people, I think are more open to building relationships and getting Mm -hmm. to know people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that you can kind of throw something like, Hey, I, I heard what you said in that meeting and I had some thoughts about that. Can we, can I get 15 minutes on your calendar? I I think you can um, more easily do that now than you could have done something like that before. So like I said, I think it's really about finding that mutuality. What do you have in common or just what can you speak about in common? Mm -hmm. And then... Putting yourself out there, so whether it is sliding in the Zoom DMs and say, "Hey, that was a great point that you made," right, and then the next time you're in the meeting, saying something else, and then maybe sharing something with them via email related mm-hmm. to a point that they made. But you know, it's just about kind of listening, finding that opportunity to connect, and then going for it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think um, so. Another thing you mentioned that. It's just so different than pre-pandemic life. If I had to describe myself, I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm not the most comfortable just walking up to a stranger and making small talk. In yeah. fact, I hate small talk, it's just so uncomfortable. But uh, I think people are really craving community mm-hmm. and what community looks like now, it is a little different. Um, so that, that's interesting, but I can't help but think about some of the statistics and research out there about how as Black women, women of color more broadly, historically, we just haven't had access yeah. to those people, right, to open doors for us. So you, we both have used the word sponsor, but let's get into what that actually means. I know it's important to have a sponsor, But I've also heard I should have a coach, I should have a mentor. Can you maybe break down what the difference is? And if if I should have one over the other, which one would it be? Or if not?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I think that all of the relationships are valuable and you should strive to have. Um, you should strive to have all of these relationships and then some, right? Relationships, Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about advancing your career. I think uh, relationships are extremely important. And so when I think about a mentor, a mentor is someone who is going to advise you. And so that may be uh, a peer, it could be your boss, they could be internal or external to uh, your organization. You could have actually an informal mentor. So, you know, Mm. if you listen to podcasts or follow people on LinkedIn, like they can be mentors to say like, Give you advice as to what it is that you're, if they are in a similar field, like we talked about DEI. So if you're trying to get into DEI and you could have an informal mentor, somebody who you're following on, LinkedIn who, who is in the DEI space and kind of see what they did and they're giving you advice or a formal mentor, someone who's in a position that you would like that you could see yourself in. And they're sharing with you like what they did. They're giving you advice on what you could do to get into a similar role. Or if you run into some issues, they can you know, kind of help you think about how to get, get through it and how to work through it. But this person is someone who can give you advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, a coach is someone who's unbiased and who is going to push you towards um, achieving goals that you set. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about sports or someone like that, they're someone who is going to train you. Who is going to make sure that you're the most elite athlete and you're mm-hmm. able to accomplish whatever it is that it is that you want to accomplish and and that's what I believe a coach is somebody who's they're unbiased they don't have really any skin in the game to like um, you know they can te- keep tell you the truth you know push you really hard and hold you accountable so you meet your goals
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and then a sponsor is an advocate, so somebody who is advocating for you. And usually it's a senior level executive within your organization, and they have access to rooms that you don't have. All right. So these are, you know, we want to think like C-suite, senior executives who have access to rooms that you are not, you don't have access to. Mm-hmm. And not only do they have access to these rooms, they're willing to put their reputation on the line mm-hmm. to go to bed for you. To push for mm-hmm. promotions and opportunities. And so um, I think of the four A's of sponsorship behavior. So one is they amplify your accomplishments in the organization. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that as women of color, we don't usually have access uh, to these senior level executives. And our work may not have visibility to them. Like right. work, what we do may not have visibility. But if you have a sponsor, that individual can't amplify your work they can bring your successes and share your capabilities and meetings with their peers which then increases your visibility and reputation in the organization Mm -hmm. right they provide access to opportunities and people in their internal external network they also can give you access to insider information so Mm -hmm. you know these are things that are happening in the organization this is where you need to be these are things that are coming in the industry so they can give you access to that insider information. And then as I said, like they advocate for you. So they're gonna mm-hmm. put your name forward for promotions and opportunities. And then when I think of like women of color, um, one thing that I think is most in, uh, the most important aspect of sponsorship is they can provide air cover. So they mm-hmm. provide air cover for um, their, what I call protégés to fail forward. So mm-hmm. they provide a safe space for them to go into a stretch opportunity where other people may be saying like, you know, I don't think she's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, that sponsor can step up and say, no, she's ready and she has my support. So if something mm-hmm. goes wrong, I have it. It's on me, I will take care of it. Mm-hmm. And then that gives that protege the confidence to be able to step into this role without the fear of you know making that I'm gonna lose it all if I make a mistake, right? And, and what uh-huh. I have heard many, many leaders and executives say is that the, the, having that ability to fail forward is what helped them to become the leaders that they are today. Mm-hmm. And so having that air cover from a sponsor is extremely important.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's essentially giving us the, the air cover piece. It's giving us the benefit of the doubt that we don't typically get. Whereas men, uh, people that are not people of color may get it more easily than we do. As, as you were talking though, and describing a sponsor, I really, really, really resonated with someone that can provide you that cover. And because how many times has imposter syndrome or yeah. a perceived lack of a skill or a lack of experience in an area actually stopped someone from pursuing an opportunity? And this hits home to me because being in HR, I've been a part of many a promotion conversations where mm-hmm. those things are said. Well, she doesn't have that experience, or we haven't seen her do that. Um, really, really, really love the way that you broke that down. And I guess I'm wondering: many folks may not have a sponsor, mm-hmm. and now that they've listened to you share, they understand the benefits. But how? How can I get a sponsor? How can I? convince someone to eat that I am not necessarily worthy, but that they should make time for me, for me Mm -hmm. to be their protege. Any tips you want to offer on that?
1: Yeah. So so I think it is, it's a strategy, right? So it's a a bit of a long game, I would say. Mm -hmm. So you might not necessarily, it depends, right? So you might not necessarily be able tomorrow to say like, hey, let me walk up to this person and ask them to be my sponsor right? Um, You need to have, build a rapport with someone. Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: let me step back and say, like, in your strategy, you want to think about where it is that you want to go. Like, Mm -hmm. where do you want to go in the organization or in your career? It doesn't have to be in the organization, but where do you want to go in your career? And then think about, you know, what are the relationships? Who are the relationships that you need to have in order to get there? I would think about just as you mentioned before, um, as women of color, we don't always have access to senior leadership. So who do you have access to? Mm -hmm. You already have maybe a relationship with the organ in the organization, or maybe you don't have necessarily have a relationship with this person, but you're in meetings together. Uh, but just start thinking about like, who do you already know, um, who can either connect you with this person Mm -hmm. or perhaps that, that a specific person could be a sponsor for you. So I would think about where you wanna go, who's in your circle, who's in your network also, like, and who would you be targeting for this um, sponsorship relationship? You might think of, you might look around the organization and see what leaders or what executives are already sponsoring people, right? So Mm -hmm. who already, who do you know in your organization that is always like promoting women of color, right? who's always like providing these opportunities. That also might be uh, a way to go. But you know, you have to be strategic about thinking about who would be a sponsor for you. And then once you kind of narrowed it down to who you think could potentially be a sponsor, then you wanna think about how do I get visibility? How do I get Mm -hmm. visibility for my work Mm -hmm. with this person? So if there is a team or a project that this individual is leading or, you know, impacts this person's um, area or department. Like, think about how you could get engaged with that um, project. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is, like, or you could think about solving a problem. Like, mm-hmm. what, is, what would be a problem for this executive that your unique skill set that you could bring to solve this problem for, for this leader? Another way could be again like since folks are on social media, LinkedIn, right? Connect with that person in on LinkedIn, comment on some of their posts. But you want to just start to get visibility with this mm-hmm. individual, and you want them to to start to see like, oh, hey, okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> she's talking about something. She's doing something over there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you want to start getting that visibility. And then when you, once you have kind of gotten that visibility, then I would think about reaching out for a one-on-one to just say, hi, you know, I would just really be interested in 15 minutes to just, um, talk to you about your experience or your career path. Hmm. And just like we said before, it depends on your organization. I will say that, okay. but most of the time, um, leaders are going to say, okay, Mm -hmm. you know if they have the time they're going to be like okay I can take 15 minutes and then in that 15 minutes I would start to say you know listen I have um you know heard really good things about you and your leadership and I admire this about your leadership and I am really looking to do whatever it is that you're looking to do and I'm looking for a sponsor and I'm Mm -hmm. wondering you know if this is something that you would consider, if we could consider building a sponsorship relationship. Um, And again, depending on the leader, they may or may not recognize the word sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Some will, some won't. Um, And if they don't, there is a great video by Carla Harris. I never remember the name of it, but it's a really good video. I've had a lot of success with having folks send that video Ahead and say, Hey, I've been watching this video about sponsorship, and I would really like to talk to you uh, more about sponsorship. And the video sets it up really well. Every leader that I have seen um, that I've talked to that has seen that video, they always end the conversation after seeing it like, Yes, we need to do more of this. Yes, this Mm -hmm. is what we need. So Mm -hmm. it's a really good um, segue into the conversation. But most of all, like I said, you really you're gonna you might have to ask for it, right yeah. because of just how organizations are set up. an executive leader might not have visibility to your work, so it might be something that you have to ask for, but you can ask for it, mm-hmm. and um, you can be successful in obtaining that
0: mhm mm-hmm. um. A couple follow-up questions to what you said. I love how you laid out exactly how to make the ask. You have to do research around what it is that you want, what your end game is, what your goals are. Um, You also have to do research on that person. And you mentioned how when you're making that ask, it's not just, hey, random person that has chief in their title, let me get something from you. You gave them compliments. You, you You highlighted how you had done the work to understand what they do at the organization. you A sponsor has to work at your company and they should be more senior. Whereas a mentor, whether informal or formal, they could work at your organization. Mm-hmm. You could know them from a different part okay. of your life, but it's imperative to have that sponsor where you're currently working. Mm-hmm. Okay. As we wrap up here, I'm wondering... For folks that, well, I have two final questions for you. For folks that they don't have someone like you in their professional circle or on staff, um, I know you mentioned the video by Carla. Is it Carla Harris? Harris. Yeah. Um, are there any other resources that you want to recommend if someone wants to make this kind of an ask?
1: Hmm. That's so. I think that Carla Harris video is like she'll she goes through again like what 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 is a sponsor how do you ask for one if someone is not so if someone's not noticing your work and not trying to sponsor you like how can you ask for it and then why it's important like she does a really good job of it mm-hmm. um, so I think that is a great resource but also you could um, google sponsorship for women of color there's a lot of HBR articles out there. I mm-hmm. think there's one that I don't remember the name exactly, but it's something about like we need to stop mentoring um, women of color and start sponsoring them. I think that's a good one.
0: I may have that. that for that's,
1: that's not the exact title, but it's something along that uh, along those lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so definitely the Carla Harris video, and then. Uh, just Google and you'll find like tons of resources. And then I'm also, you can always reach out to me. I love- Yes.
0: Know. That was, was my, my last, last question. Stuff. Yeah. How can folks find you? How do you prefer that they connect with you or follow you?
1: Um, yeah. So LinkedIn is uh, the main place where I am at. So you can check out, uh, I do have a couple of older videos on there that talk about exactly this, about- uh, how to get a sponsorship relationship and how, like, what are some things that you can ask when you have the initial conversation. So there are two videos uh, that are in my features section. So you could check them out there. And then, like I said, you could also slide in my DMs. i mm-hmm. find I love to talk about this.
0: Well, thank you. I'm going to link Faith's LinkedIn profile, the Carla Harris video, as well as a couple articles on this topic in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much for your time here, for all this insightful information. And um, we are going to wrap up now. So thank you, everyone. And I'll see you on the next episode.